Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am joined by, well, this is a, a rare feat recently for us. Uh, I've got the entire team here today, Jeff, Greg, and Brad, ready to bring the heat and talk about something that we all love to dread annual reviews and how to hold those effectively. Like, you know, this is your bread and butter. You fought so hard to get to these clients and how do you add value to their lives? How do you hold and conduct a, an effective annual review? Or maybe it shouldn't even be an annual review. Maybe you should be calling it a strategy session. So we have a lot of things to talk about here as we kind of dive into this topic that's that's really important. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to remind everybody, we do have a Facebook community that you are invited to join. Go out to Facebook and type in The Financial Advisor's Edge, and you can join. It's also in the show notes, or always visit our website at vfaedge.com, and you can sign up for it. But without further ado, let's talk about annual reviews. And I, I saw Jeff shaking his head, and I think him and I are on the same page here. First off, let's get let's get this right. Jeff, should we be calling these things annual reviews to our clients? Let's just start right there. This this is one of the things I am really strong on in in my office and in in our messaging. I don't use the word up. I'm sorry. I don't use the word review because in my mind, reviews are boring and kind of unnecessary and kind of a passive thing. So we're really strong on using the word annual update when we. Uh, talk to clients uh, because an update is something that needs to happen. We want it to happen. Um, it's an active thing rather than a passive thing. So I'm just really strong on that, that we avoid the word review and we always use the word update to answer your question. Yeah, that's great. I call it, we call it in our office, a strategy session. So come in for a strategy session. Greg, what are you calling in your office? You call it, under, are, you, are you boring and stuck in like ni- 1999 calling an annual review? Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> I guess, and uh, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back, and I'm gonna encourage people to do when you're setting the expectation with a new client. Uh, back when I started, I had so many people that would say, "Well, so so when are we gonna meet next? Quarterly, semi-annual, annually?" And there were some big clients at the time that I'd say, "As often as you want," and it was a huge, huge mistake. So, I mean, if you're meeting with your clients face-to-face quarterly, huge mistake. Huge. Try not to do that. So, but yeah, we, we just call them, uh, you know, recap. We kind of, you know, I, I like, I like Jeff's, uh, you know, uh, update that's even better, but, but yeah, we're still calling it a, just a review meeting. Yeah. Brad, what about you? What do you, uh, what let, let's, we're going to pivot here. I'm going to ask the same question, but I want to talk about how do you set expectations for how often you should be doing these things? So how are you, what are you calling it? And then how often do you meet with your clients to do these uh, these updates or sessions or or whatever fancy vernacular we want to call it today? Yeah, so I'm currently with Greg 
on, uh, I just call it like everybody else, the annual review, but that's probably going to end today. And I'm going to steal one of your ideas. (laughs) (laughs) And not only does it sound better, but when you guys were talking, um, it made me think that 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 takes the the focus off of performance. It it strikes me as it probably does that. I don't know if you guys experienced that, but an, you know, a strategy session or a annual update. I mean, you're talking about the whole ball of wax. So don't come in thinking, you know, we're just looking at how the year went with your investments. Right. Yeah. Um, And the other, the the other thing I think is really important is like to Jeff's point is they, they, they've gotten the review. I mean, every client gets a darn statement every month or every quarter. It's not like they need to come in and review their performance. I mean, unless you don't know how to open an envelope, you should know what your performance has been. Right. Yeah. Right. They've got online access. They can see, you know, how the account's going. They get the monthly statements. Exactly. They they, they know what's going on. And if they got a 401k, they know that's up or down as well. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. And then Brad, how how are, how are you? Um, let's talk about how often do you meet with your clients? How do you set the expectation? And it's a really important topic as well. Yeah. You know, my answer might be different here because of my, the way that my client base is structured. You know, I have several hundred pretty small households and I don't really, I don't really need to set much in the way of expectations with them typically because it, even trying to get a lot of them to meet annually is difficult because a lot of those households are like, uh, you know, your, your Roth IRA, you know, fresh start monthly contribution and not even maxed in a lot of cases. Um, so they're pretty easy, but for what I call like my bread and butter, like the bulk of my clients, um, what I'll usually do is, you know, when I'm kind of recapping is I, I usually try and throw in it. It's complimentary to them. It's usually tied to how I'm pricing the account though. And I'm, you know, I usually tell them, I say, you know, I don't think that this is going to be, you know, overly complex and, um, you know, you, 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 you're, I'm not going to be doing any try. I try and set expectations for a lot of things with this kind of statement. You know, I'm not going to have to be doing a lot of, a lot of traveling, you know, you're coming here. Um, we'll probably just meet only really generally need once a year updates. Um, and I, you know, I'll let them know, of course, if something comes up, like, you, you know, you're evaluating refinancing or a big purchase, certainly we can do them more often, but our planned schedule is, you know, blank, usually one year. Um, sometime if there's any, if there's any, um, if there's a reason for it, I will in the first year, sometimes suggest two meetings. After we're all set up, one maybe you know three, four, five months out, just to kind of recap everything that we set into place, to make sure they have any questions on statements or 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 online access or anything like that. But I do try and tie it all together in almost a complimentary way and say, you know, you don't strike me as a giant pain, so <laughs> we'll probably only need to meet X often. So, Brad, you mentioned the smaller accounts. Uh, I know in my world, we've got the um, prudent process requirement now. Um, are you on the smaller accounts having to meet that prudent process or whatever your firm calls the <clears throat> the requirement? Yes. Um, I've come up with a way that is not too... Uh, it doesn't need to be face-to-face. And actually, it really just to be documented... Um, review of their account, not even necessarily that they responded, uh, which in a lot of cases, I mean, it might sound bad, but a, a bunch of them just don't, you know, a lot of my clients in their early twenties just started working. 
usually their mentor at work told them they need to save more for retirement. So that's how they came to me. And, you know, that, what do they, what do they need to talk about? They can, they're paying their student loans down. They're probably still single, some of them, and they're saving some for retirement. They, you know. No, I, I just bring that up because a lot of us that have been in the business for over 10 to 15 years are uh, early on, we're wondering how, how disruptive that annual requirement was going to be. Yeah. And I, I, to your point, I've found just using a 15 minute phone call more than satisfied the client yep. and that prudent process requirement. Yep. Absolutely. Same thing. So Jeff, since, um, since, since you've got a process set up for the smaller clients, how are you, how are you setting the expectation with your, um, I know, I don't know that you segment, but what we would generally consider A and B clients. Mm-hmm. No, well, yeah, but but um, regardless, I set the expectation that we will update your plan about keyword about once per year, um, and that's sort of one of the ways I massage the segmentation. So at the upper levels, that is every twelve months. Uh, in other cases, that might be somewhere closer to fifteen to sixteen months, or even eighteen months when it doesn't make sense to be in more off more contact than that. So it's really then what happens between year-to-year updates. And we're certainly always working on that. And that's one of our initiatives in the new year as well. But um, yeah, it's right up front. Uh, here's what you should expect. We're going to get everything in place. It's going to take a little back and forth to do that. We're going to be in touch from time to time. And then once per year, we're going to go back through the entire plan together and be sure everything's current. Yeah. And I think it's um, I think it's critical th- that you set expectations up front. Because remember, if you don't set expectations or timelines, People will set it for you. They're going to fill in the gaps of knowledge that you don't put in your client's head. So you've got to, you really have to set that expectation up front. Uh, Greg, for you, um, uh, what are you, what are you doing there? How, how are you setting that? Ex- and I know you work with, you know, a smaller number of clients, a uh, little bit higher average household size. Are, are they, do they really require a ton more work? I, I think maybe just because our, our, our service model uh, and the, I guess the holistic planning that we do, uh, you know, we do meet face to face. That's kind of a requirement. We tell people we take it. I take a different approach. I say, um, you know, my requirement, you have to, if you're going to become a client of ours, uh, you have to commit. I put it on that. You have, you have to commit to an annual review meeting once a year. And then I, as they're becoming a client, I kind of explain what we're talking about in the annual review meeting. And this is something that Jim hit on. Uh, I'll, I'll just talk about a, a, a prospective client I'm working with now, A plus potential, and she's got a Wells Fargo advisor uh, and broker. And I said, "Can you explain your process? You've been working with him with him for a number of years. Can you explain the process of an annual review meeting?" And she said, well, all we talk about is performance. That's it. It's just performance. And he shows me a chart and you are here the last time we met and we're here now. And then he talks about the stocks and the bonds and interest rates. And she goes, I don't care about all that. I want to be able to retire in two years. I want to know when I can claim my social security. I want to know if I'm paying too much in taxes. I want to know, you know, if something happens to me, are my kids going to be taken care of? And so kind of... Okay, well, that's that's exactly what we offer. So uh, I, I would encourage people in those annual review meetings to give people what they want, and and just ask them. Say, hey, what do you hope to accomplish in our review meeting? What questions do you have? 
and, and typically it's it's going to be something like, well, I turn 65 in six months uh, and the all important Medicare decision that's coming up. So uh, anyway, I, I, I was kind of long winded, but that's how we approach it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we, for, for our firm, it's, it's somewhat similar. When we sit down with someone, um, when they when we onboard them, uh, we do have a, a little bit a little bit more of an aggressive meeting process. So we meet with them with a phone call after the second month, just to review statements, and then we do a six month check in, and then they go on a period where uh, we meet with them once a year. And Greg, I'm like you, I I set the expectation. We have. You know, we have two real requirements at our firm that you're not a jerk to our staff and that you'll meet with us once a year. Now, that doesn't have to be always face to face. We prefer that, of course, but it can be over the phone. Uh, it could be Zoom, but we meet with you. And then we talk to them about that. We're going to check in with you every quarter. Now, a check in every quarter is oftentimes just an email or just the phone call. But that's enough so people don't lose sight. In fact, guys, remember, I think all of us have seen these stats that people don't generally leave because of poor performance, because if that were the case, every one of us would have had 100% turnover in our business this year. Uh, they leave because of, of not connecting with their advisors, of client communication. And I think Jeff said on a show way earlier that it's not the length of the conversation. it was It's the frequency of it. So I think it was really, really stuck with me as I, I've done it. So we do that. And I always let people know, like, you know, there's not, a, we don't need to sit down face to face every quarter. There's not much that changes in three months. Now, there's just not. But if there's a life changing event, we have an open door policy. You can call and schedule a time to talk to me at any point. Uh, but, you know, let's not just talk about the market because the market's the market. So I, I think, I think we're all on the same page there. You know, I think you really have to set expectations up front and make sure people understand what they're getting into. And that way, that way they know, like our clients are never going to be like, oh, well, Jim hasn't met with me in two years. You know, that's not the case every, every year we're doing it. I've got, uh, I've got two big, two kind of last questions on this big questions around it. Uh, but I, I want to talk about what you guys do when you're hosting an annual review. So let's talk about what does it, at your practice, I would love you guys to talk about what does an annual review look like? And I know for Jeff and I, we call them something different. But what for me, what does a strategy session look like? So, Greg, I'm just going to kick it right back over to you. Susie comes in. She's sitting down with you. Like, what happens before? What happens during? What happens after? Yeah. Greg, so if you could, if you could detail the review process for Karen more than Susie, that would be really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to hear what Karen has to say. Hear <laughs> what Greg has to say about Karen. It's his favorite client. Yeah, well, I, I have sort of eliminated a lot of the Karens, uh, and that's why I keep I keep a tight. I run a tight ship, put it that way. I only work with people that I like. Uh, and Jim said something that that is uh, nice. The people that are nice to me and my team. So, uh, yeah. But but let's say it's Susie. Susie comes in. Let's say she's not retired yet. So so we have a couple of deliverables that 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 we're of course going over in every single meeting. Uh, but number one, let's say she's two years away from retirement. Just say, uh, with the market being down, a lot of people want to know, hey, am I still on track? So I'm going to ask Susie, bring in your, your 401k statement, um, bring in uh, your, your pay stub. Uh, I may be asking for their, their tax return if we don't have last year's tax return. Uh, and you know, and maybe if there's anything missing that, that we still need, like her, her updated social security figures, uh, maybe she'll bring in a social security statement or something like that. 
we also want to know how much is in their emergency fund. So, so they're bringing this to the meeting. I'm kind of assigning people some, some homework. So they're not just coming and showing up and we start talking. So, so anything that we need ahead of time, I'm asking for it. Um, and, and so then let's say Susie comes in, I've got her, uh, her plan uh, that, that I have updated. Uh, and, and then starting off to say, Hey, Susie, there's been a lot going on with the markets. Uh, you know, what questions do you have, what's most important to you? So you don't leave here today and you're driving home in your Honda civic and you're thinking, gosh, I should have asked that. Uh, but you know, she's bringing in these documents and, and a couple things I'm looking at, has anything happened since the last time we talked? Right. That is one of the most important questions you can ask somebody. What in your life has what has changed since the last time we talked? And then shut up because you, oh, I bought a car. Uh, now I got $25,000 of debt or I loan money to my son and he went and you know gambled it or whatever. But That's a but, great question, by the way. You know, so write that down. What in your life has changed since last time we talked? Uh, and, and it's kind of a conversation, updating the plan. You know, I'm going to look at Susie's 401k statement. And I'm going to say, you know, for example, hey, Susie, I, you know, you're on your plan. You, you probably remember we have you saving 15% in your Roth 401k. And I noticed on your statement that the last quarter you didn't contribute anything. What's going on? Why did you stop your, your Roth 401k contributions? She, oh, Susie says I got scared or whatever. So I'm kind of keeping her in check. Uh, I know if she's contributing to the accounts that are with us. But anyway, th that's something I'm, I'm going to address. And then, yeah, we kind of update the, the plan, kind of show her performance, of course, with any accounts she has with us, but that's updated in the plan. Um, and, and then just kind of update it as, as we need. And then, of course, we leave with action items. What does Susie need to do? What do I need to do? And we make it very, very clear. Hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then everything gets uh, documented in Wealthbox. Is, is, that's our CRM. If everybody, anybody out there is looking for a good CRM, check out Wealthbox. It's cheap. It's fantastic. I think Jim uses Wealthbox. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff, Greg. Thanks for sharing that. I, I love the uh, the action items. That's uh, that that's if you're not doing that, that's definitely a game changer because it gives people homework. And a lot of times, you know, our goal is to provide our clients better outcomes in life. And we can only do so much. I mean, all we have is a all we have is what's between our ears and maybe a computer in front of us. And uh, the clients actually have to do the heavy lifting here. Uh, Brad, how about you? Somebody comes in for a, a strategy session or an update. What are you doing? So I think for me, again, it depends. It's it's different answers depending on what type of client it is. And because my client base is so spread out, they're they're not homogenous whatsoever in terms of assets or revenue they produce. I think for my already retired clients, um, process is probably pretty similar to what Greg is doing. Uh, so what I'm going to point out here, I think, is if you have a practice like mine, or maybe Jeff, you're similar to this, in that where we don't, um, you know, I'm not limiting myself to 250, the 250 and up crowd or the 500 and up crowd. Um, I'm using the review meetings as a chance to not only review things with them, and I certainly let them, still letting them talk as much as possible. You know, first thing, absolutely. Do you have any questions? What do you want to cover today? But I take the, the review meetings as an opportunity to try to, and this is good for me and good for them, to try and grow them into an A client. 
right? So if this is this is my chance where I think most people, I don't know what the percentage is, but probably 90% or better, if you just left them to their own devices, once they start their Roth IRA and buy their term insurance, the next time they'll think about it is when they're 60, <laughs> right? So this is the chance to, you know, they they couldn't max the you know husband and wife, uh, Karen and John couldn't max their Roth IRA when they started with me. So you know, at annual review time, if they were doing 300 a month each to a Roth, this is a time to get it to get it bumped up. Um, maybe they changed jobs. Uh, maybe they had another kid, whatever it is. But this is the chance where, you know, we've taken on all these smaller relationships. This is the chance each year to try and move the needle up to where they become real clients. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I think everyone knows what I mean by that. Yeah, no, you know, look, the, the small clients are less profitable, right? Like at the end of the day, and and it's harder to scale with them. There is no doubt about it. So it, it, we we should be engaging clients that have the potential to move into A and B clients. I mean, that's really when we take a C client on. That's what you should be working towards. I think, um, Jeff, for you, uh, what Carrie comes in um, and she wants to uh, she wants to get her annual update. What do you, what do you say to Carrie, and uh, how does that look? And what what do you do before, during, and after? Uh, yeah, a couple things on this, and I just will say for those listening that are looking to grow, listen carefully to this because you need to be willing to change some of your processes. And so be thinking, I say that because a lot of what I do now is not what I was doing at a lower level. And I really believe this drove a lot of growth for us changing some of our processes. And so specifically, we um, reach out to people, I'll try and make this short, with last year's plan, with a number of things highlighted, and ask them, give us updates to everything that's highlighted because we don't have access to it and provide me with last year's income tax return. Only when they've chosen to participate in doing that, do we send them the invitation for a meeting Uh, because I was meeting with people that were unprepared and it was a waste of time. We ended up spending twice as long to circle back on what we didn't have in advance. So I explained to them so that we can have a current plan in front of us. You provide me with what we need then we'll schedule a meeting. And that was really a game changer. It, it upped the level of activity on my clients because I didn't give them a free pass to show up uh, without having prepared uh, in advance. And so number one, everything's prepared. I always make sure I'm prepared the day before. Never trust that your system is going to work the day of the meeting because sure, as you know what, that's the day you, that you've got a meeting that your systems are down. Whether that's your internet, your broker dealer client systems, or who knows what that is not going to let you be prepared. So always prepare the day before. Uh, then uh, an important thing that is uh, a change that I made very distinctly uh, as I grew was uh, many people will sit down and they say, "Well, how are we doing?" Which what they really say is, "Tell me about the stock market," which is ridiculous. Uh, and so I, what I will say is. Well, you tell me what's changed since kind of what Greg said, what's changed since we saw each other last? Are You look great, by the way. <laughs> and it's like, that. I'm not going to take the bait and uh, start talking about market performance uh, right up front. So then very strategically, the way my plan is put together, it's got their objectives first, their net worth second, their reti- long-term retirement projection third, their insurance, their taxes, um, and their estate planning summaries all before we're talking investment planning. So I'm walking through. It sounds like you're doing great uh, based on everything I'm hearing. Back to where, how are we doing? 
Uh, and then, and by the way, before we've done any of this, I say to Greg's point earlier, is there anything you want to, you're sure we need to talk about while you're here? Uh, and then we'd be sure that gets covered. But then last, we're talking about um, investment results, uh, by the way, an old American funds word, uh, results rather than performance. Um, and so we're talking about the investment plan. I always use that vernacular. Here are our, our short-term results, but more importantly, here are the, where our long-term numbers stand. So we do that last, uh, and then everyone, uh, I always set them down with a small notepad like this so they can write down their action items. And I've written down a list of those action items as well at the same time. Um, and then they walk out the door with their action items if there are any. And I've always summarized, here's what I need from you. Here's what you're expecting from me. Um, and then, of course, we uh, leave the room and, and go deliver on that. Jeff, I think I like, and what you were saying earlier, I, I had this thought also, is I had to do a version of this too. And I'll, what I would find is this, with the with the smaller clients the, that are you know maybe extra pre-retiree, when I was newer, I would find that I'm like, I'd bring them in and I'd sit there and be like, wow, I feel like an idiot. I don't even know what to, what do we talk about? Like, yeah, your Roth is still there. You want to bump it 50 bucks a month? No kids, no change. All right, sorry for dragging you down here. But what you're, with your system, right, you're you're making sure that you have things to talk about. That So that's pretty cool. I got to say one other thing that I've been noticing and it just hit me today. I am absolutely stealing Greg's most of what he does. <laughs> the way that you talk about when you always, you seem to be asking what is your current? What do you, you're finding a way to ask? What is your What is your current review process with your with your advisor like? And you've done that in past episodes. So you're always, and I suspect you know damn well they're going to answer. Well, we don't really do that, <laughs> right? Well, the big thing there for all the listeners is okay. And I'm going to pick on this this new A plus client that I I'm proud that I'm going to be getting. She's a super super nice lady, and, and I guess she just met with them a month ago. And my question is, okay, why the hell is she in my office? She just met with your advisor. He, he should have updated your plan. And, and I asked people, uh, when I talked to her first, I said, uh, when you come to my office for our introduction meeting, bring a copy of your most recent updated retirement plan. How, how many of those have you gotten in the last year? None. Exactly. Oh my God. Absolutely. That's the one I was thinking of when 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 Greg was talking about you said something similar about how your past reviews went. But when you said that in a past episode, I was like, oh my God, that is brilliant because you're you're it's not salesy at all. You're you're just trying to gather information for yourself. But I know you know we all know damn well 98% of people are not, they don't have one. Right, right. There is no, you know, retirement plan. And I could pick on a company that I'm not going to, I, I, I am convinced they don't do any kind of planning. Uh, but however, if, if this was Jeff's client, now it will, you know, I'm a long, long way from Jeff. But if they brought in Jeff's plan, I would honestly tell him, hey, looking at his portfolio, his plan, like, hey, stay with Jeff. He's, he's good. And I yeah, have done a lot you can do with a person that brings in a plan and has a good strategy. I mean, if you're not a salesperson, you got to be honest with them. And it looks like yeah. you're in pretty good shape. The market just sucks. And, and I, I have done that to probably half a dozen people uh, over the years, and they are all with the same broker dealer. So I know they do a lot of planning. Uh, so anyway, uh, 
Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a reason why they're in your office. If they already have an advisor, they're not happy. Something is missing. And it's our job to figure out what the heck is missing. And it, they might tell you something really, really off the wall, like my current advisor won't invest in Bitcoin or something like that. And then, you know, okay, I, <laughs> you, you found the wrong found the wrong guy. I don't either. So. And this is, I think, a related, maybe a little bit of a different subject. But if if an advisor is plateauing in their business, um, take a hard look at the way you're talking with your clients when you're meeting with them. And uh, just some advice. And uh, see if you have a disinterested spouse. Um, and is that disinterested spouse participating or not? And are you including him or her? And I, the reason I bring that up is I think way, way, way too many advisors talk over their client's head. And one of them will, one of the clients will try and act like they understand what you're saying. The other one won't even pretend to care. And um, so again, I would say, be sure you know what you're saying actually makes sense to people. If you're talking about mid caps and small caps and international markets, you are doing it wrong. And that, that should all be an afterthought in a client meeting. And it certainly is not going to impress the disinterested spouse. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject one thing, Jeff, because that's a huge, huge point. And this is this kind of piggybacks on that. Uh, but sometimes I work with primarily a lot, a lot of women, either, either single, widowed, divorced. And I will ask them, what do you, you know, where is your current advisor falling short? And if they're married, a lot of times they'll say, you know, our current advisor, he's a bright guy. He seems he's nice. But he does. He never provides eye contact to the woman, to to the to the wife. And if you're not doing that, if it, just because the wife doesn't seem to be interested, she says, "Oh, this isn't investing and investments and retirement. That that's kind of not my thing. I don't hand, handle." You gotta include her, and eye contact is absolutely huge. So I can't tell you how many clients, I, new clients, I've gotten because. The former advisor wasn't giving eye contact to the wife. So, and they were talking about stuff she wasn't interested in. I mean, talk about monthly cash flow and talk about what that cash flow is going to need to look like in retirement. Disinterested spouses understand that (laughs) they don't care about markets, but they do care about cash flow. And so, find something you can engage. And if they're not speaking, you have to engage with them and say, Is this sounding right? Karen, <laughs> uh, or, you know, um, you tell me, is, is this sounding right? Is this making sense? Is there something I, whether you've done any talking or not, am I making sense? I, I, I say that a lot. Yeah, those are, that, those are, those are right on point. And remember, if, if you're not doing annual reviews and you're not meeting with your clients, there is a high likelihood that the next time they get an invite to a seminar or their friends tell them about an advisor, it's going to pique their interest. Because they haven't heard from you. There's a couple things that we do that's a little that are a little different. I won't go into the I won't go into the the play by play because I think it's we've covered what that should look like. Uh, but we do send a an email before a client comes in, and we just say so Jim can prepare for the meeting. Are there any questions or topics you would like to discuss that are top of mind to you? Because I want to know if they want to ask something really wonky before they come in, and we can prepare for that and get that out of the way. When they come in, we actually have a written agenda as well, which is um, which I think is really critical to keeping your meetings on point. You know, we do surge meetings, which 
you know, was really popularized by the uh, the Perfect IRA podcast, but it's been around for forever. And I, I think I did 175 first or, uh, review meetings last year and you, you, it, within a three-month stretch. And you've got to be very detailed to do this. An agenda it really does help you in a lot of ways. So if you're not doing an agenda before they come in, think about that. And your agenda can be really simple, by the way, guys. It can be it can be open discussion. So what's top of mind with you today? And then it can go through the plan. And what we do is similar to everybody else is we just build, we I have the plan up on a projection. So on a TV screen, their plan's right there. And I've already updated the numbers and we just go through and say, let's update it. Let's see if you're still on track to reach your goals. And we hit the submit and sure enough, they're always on track, right? Like if you've, they're, they're almost always on track. So then it takes away the performance conversation almost immediately, which is who wants to talk about performance? Because we all know if they're, you know, when the market's up 30%, they're going to give you all the credit. Oh, you've done a great job, but you don't want to hear it when the market's down 30% either, because it will be, it will be. All right. I, I've got um, just some kind of final thoughts on, on reviews, uh, on strategy sessions, on updates here. Do you guys, do you does anybody mention referrals when you're doing it? Or is that kind of like a, a, a wrong thing to say there? Because I feel like there's an opportunity to like to to interject the fact you're open for business. Has anybody found an effective way to have that conversation? I've got some ideas, but I want to hear the rest first. Yeah, well, it's my standard answer to how are you? Um, I try and have it conversational, but say, great, working more than I have in a long time, in large part because people keep referring their friends and relatives, uh, especially during a bumpy time like this. So it's kind of the answer to how are you doing? Uh, doing great because a lot of people are being referred right now. So it's a backdoor, comfortable way to yeah. do it without making it awkward. I think it's great. We um, we we do something sort of similar. I um I always ask them, "How are you feeling about everything?" Are you? Is there, I always ask people, "Is there anything we can be doing more or less of?" Like I want to know what they say, and they're always like, "No, Jim, you're doing a great job." Or it gives an opportunity to complain if they want to. And I always just tell them, I, "This is the language I use every time." And we use this when we onboard people as well. When we say, "You know, the world's a really difficult place right now. We've got we've got market volatility, we've got record inflation." We've got a tax rate that's likely to change. We have uh, a war in Europe. And, you know, a lot of people, they're really stressed out about their retirement and their investments. And I just want you to know if you have any friends or family members that are feeling that way, that, that we're happy to sit down and give them some clarity like we've done for you. So just just then, just then I just want to plug it. And I don't want to ask for a referral. I just want them to know that we're open for business. And that language has really cr uh, cranked up our referrals because I think it's I can't, I'm not like those insurance people where I want to like give me 10 names and I'm going to, I want you to give me 10 of your friends' names I can call. That just feels, feels really dirty there. Um, are there other advantages to annual reviews we're missing, guys? Other things people should be doing or thinking about here? One thing I'll interject is there are some people, if they have a big event coming up, you may have to push up their annual review. You know, for example, if they're retiring. You know, I'm not going to say to somebody, hey, if you're retiring in June, whoa, Charlie, Charlie, your annual review isn't until November, buddy. You know, I, I'm going to push up his annual review because that's a big, big milestone. And that it's, it's incredible. You know, he's probably nervous about that decision. Um, so you need to use your, well, you don't need to, but you should consider using your CRM. Uh, we use Wealthbox for those big, big milestones 
So and it maybe contact Charlie three months before he retires and just say, Hey, are you still on track to retire in June? Like we talked about, or, or are you having second thoughts or what's going on, Charlie? That's a great point. I mean, the, the year somebody retires, uh, you probably want to meet with them two or three times. There's money in motion and they're really nervous. I mean, really, really nervous. We've all seen it before. I want to go around and get some final thoughts as we've done this. This has been a great episode. I really appreciate you guys sharing where you're at in your practices and uh, how you conduct these events, these meetings. Because this is uh, this is how we retain clients. You work. It's really expensive, really expensive to bring a client on board and keeping them happy and engaged is a big deal. So, Brad, let's let's go over to you. Uh, final thoughts on uh, on anything we talked about or anything listeners need to take away. Look at the look at annual reviews as an opportunity, not not a chore. Yeah, well said. Uh, how about for you, Jeff? Yeah, just you know that list you just gave of all the reasons people should be referring uh, people are also the reason for the advisor that's trying to figure out how they rationale change. Uh, there's a lot of reasons right now. I don't know if you mentioned deposit rates being high is another one of those rationales that if you've not been talking to people and just don't know how to get started, high deposit rates, pending tax law changes, uh, a wild political climate to go with those upcoming tax law changes uh, outside of market fluctuations in the short term are all good reasons for an advisor to feel totally comfortable making some changes to your approach. Um, or coming back to this with clients that uh, you've maybe gone too long and haven't been proactive with. So that, that's my only thought is if you're frozen, now is the, a, a great opportunity to make some change. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. I didn't even think about the deposits. I'm going to have to add that in. That's uh, that's fantastic. Bernie, how about for you, sir? Final thoughts here. Final thoughts. Uh, you know, have a if you don't have a process for annual review meetings, now's the time to start. Come up with a process. All, all four of us have a process in mind uh, that that we execute on for clients. And you can't just do this willy nilly because clients will leave. So and then utilize your CRM as you're having these review meetings. Go back, look at all the notes since you last contacted, last talked to your clients. What did you talk about? What was what was going on? So you're prepared for that review meeting. Uh, so so it's you know the best use of your time. Yeah, I, I think this is all great advice. And as your practice grows, you're going to refine this. You're going to have to scale it differently. It's going to look different when you have 100 million as opposed to 10 million. And, and but the important thing is to connect with your clients. But hey, guys, I really uh, again I want to thank you uh, for sharing. You know, th- there's not a lot of a lot of podcasts out there where you've got four top producing people sharing. Uh, tidbits about their business and really tactical information. So uh, thank you for sharing today. It was great. Remember, guys, if you want to connect with us, you can go to the FAEdge.com. That's our website. You can also uh, connect with us via our, our Facebook group, which is uh, the Financial Advisors Edge community. So reach out to us, connect with us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.